Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 485. This week on the podcast, Henry Kissinger is dead, and not even his dear friend Hillary Clinton offered a statement. Plus, George Santos can finally move into the next stage of D-list celebrity. And Ron DeSantis is the latest GOP figure to proudly announce that he's carrying pornography on his person. Plus, Democrats in Florida move ahead with their plan to save democracy by eliminating elections. And why are there so many ophthalmologists in Congress? We'll have all this and more. This is Brain Trust Live. Hey, y'all, I'm Brent. I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. That's right. We almost had technical issues here because of <laughs> our our recorder now only records at an arbitrary start point that it decides. Oh, yeah. And so the, we, the, the record light comes on. And then it's just like, then, am I recording? I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see if this is on tape. And if not, you won't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> In any case, what a week. Not much real news in the sense that world-changing things didn't happen, but sure. everyone died. <laughs> so many people died. All well, of three, old. which is the right The amount. right number, and also all of it's them... It's always three. All of them were old people that died. It was not like... Oh, yeah. No one, like, tragically died before their time. <clears throat> right. Everyone was, like, in their 90s dying. Yeah. Which is like, listen, it's sad when anyone dies, but, like, yeah. it's better when it's not a tragic surprise death. That's right. One of the great deaths happened, actually. I know. So there were some sad ones. Like, Rosalind Carter died. We sad. feel sad. Sandra right? Day O'Connor died. Very sad. sad. But the internet had a moment that I think was only rivaled by the day that Trump got COVID um, yes. in terms of its greatness, which is that Henry Kissinger finally got Finally. It. And that's one that person- Is Henry Kissinger dead Twitter account got, got to, to say yes. Got to say yes, finally. That's right. That's a question that we have been asking ourselves anytime something horrible happens is, did X, Y, and Z happen right. before Kissinger died? Yeah. And the answer well, is always the, yes. That's the whole thing with the right with the Grim Reaper and the claw machine with the yes. is Henry Kissinger even in here after any time somebody that isn't Henry Kissinger dies. Exactly. Turns out, yes. yes. Henry Kissinger can die. Finally was in there. Yeah. And what was great news because I worried that there would be a bunch of like revisionist stories about Henry Kissinger when he died because you know how sometimes when terrible people die yes. everyone's like but he was fondly remembered as a grandfather to million you know whatever. I know. This time everyone was like thank fucking god. I know. Like, Except Republican lawmakers and Michael Bloomberg. Those right. are the only people who, who had anything nice to say about Henry Kissinger. I, embarrassingly... It's not embarrassing. It was the right thing to do. Was checking more... Well, what was embarrassing was the level of checking that I was doing. <laughs> was checking Hillary Clinton, Clinton's Twitter account yeah. to see when her official statement about, about how great and wonderful he was a war, That was came. a worrying one. It never came. Good for her. And kudos to her. Had I mean, the restraint. she had her ass handed to her over at once, so she probably just wasn't looking for that yeah. again, right? I, that was the one thing that I was seeing a lot this week on the on the internet was that, uh, you know, Sanders moment from the debate where he just sort of like really let her have it over, yeah. you know, like her friendship with Henry Kissinger, which is, I think, when a lot of people, at least, well, maybe not our age, but younger than us anyway, realized that Henry Kissinger, who he was and why he was so terrible. Right. And that he was alive. <clears throat> so we can thank Bernie Sanders for that. Because I feel like <laughs> among the many elder statesmen that die and you're like, oh, wow, that person was alive. Like Henry oh, Kissinger, yeah. we all knew he was alive right. so hard. <laughs> right. And like, there's been a lot, like, I even when Poppy Bush died, I was like, oh, oh I, I forgot he was alive. He was alive. Like, right, yeah. when no, Nancy we, Reagan died, I was have, like, Nancy right, Reagan is alive? Right. Like, We have been knowing that Henry Kissinger is alive. We know it every time someone else dies. <laughs> right, yeah. That's, I mean, we've. I'm sure that it was discussed the day that Rosalind Carter died. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, we. I, it, it, yeah. it, was, it came up anytime a person died, untimely or not. Yeah. Um. And the fact that he got to live to 100 is proof enough that nothing makes any sense. <laughs> right, I know. But I was thrilled 
by, I did not text one single person with that news and have them respond anything short of, well, it's about time or yeah, good riddance or yeah. everyone had the right. Yeah. And I mean, listen, what a feat to have been so hated that the entire world instinctively knows to celebrate your death. <laughs> I know. That is not, I'm not going to say it was impressive because I don't want to give any kudos to Henry Kissinger, <laughs> but I right. mean, what a feat. Yeah, for sure. That man, we felt right celebrating his death and everyone did it together. Yep. It really brought us together, I think, in a way. Yeah, it really Um, did. But it was also an exciting week for other reasons related to people's departures. Yeah. Because George George Santos Santos (laughs) finally expelled. Kicked out of Congress. Yep. I did not think that they were actually going to do this. And I know that they almost had no choice because he's like a definite criminal who's like definitely up to shenanigans. <laughs> I know. But I, so many of them are small time crooks I and know. medium time crooks that I just thought there's no yeah. way they want to set this precedent. No, I know. Well, um, and that's, I think, what he was banking on too. Yes. Because on his way out, he was like, I'm going to name names. Yeah. Finally. And, and that's what we had asked for him to do. And he's doing it. Yes. I think that the, they were banking on the fact that because he can't be trusted, him naming names is an almost meaningless act. That's true. He did yeah. say on the way out, why would I want to stay here? To hell with this place, which yeah. I think is a perfect end to the George Santos story. I know. I wish he would have done more of it from the floor. Yes. Because like, let's let's have that in the record. Yes. Because like, there was that he one started. moment, There was I was going to say, there was that one moment with Max Miller who ca- called him a crook or something like that. I can't yeah. remember. And then he got up and was sort of like... I can't believe Max Miller, of all people, is calling me a crook because, like, he's a woman beater. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's like yes. keep that. Yes. <laughs> keep that spirit going. Yes. That energy is what we're looking for. <clears throat> yeah. And he is keeping that energy going. Yes. But it's, it's happening. In a way it, where he's looking yeah. for relevance as opposed to in a way where, are, where he already has relevance. So that's the only sad part of it. But listen. If it's taking George Santos to file an ethics complaint against Bob Menendez for reasons unknown, <laughs> I, I, no. then I say go for it. Do it. He also um, told the Republicans in Congress that they should have the, quote, testicular fortitude <laughs> to uh, expel Jamal Bowman for accidentally setting off that fire alarm. I was like, get real with I yourself. Um, I know. It turns out anyone can file a complaint with the congressional, the Office of Congressional Ethics. Amazing. I don't, this doesn't mean that they investigate all the complaints. I know, because I saw that he was... Uh, claiming that he was going to file all of those. By the way, he probably just won't even won't. No, well, how would he know how to? <laughs> I he know. would have to find out how to do that. It's like I know him claiming work, to do that, that doesn't gonna, mean anything. He's a he's a free man now. That's right. <laughs> not, for a, a while anyway. He's going to be I mean, casting for, calls. He's going to be very busy. Yeah, I know. Um, so I, I don't think that he's probably going to do that. But no, like at but, least he tweeted out the ones that he was going to do. That's right. He, <laughs> so he at least check filed his Twitter if you're looking for the names. America. That's right. Um, yeah. and that's. I hope that he, in searching for relevance for the remainder of the holiday season at least, continues to just tweet crazy shit about members. Tweet of crazy shit, make the rounds, do the interviews, accuse them of missing find votes the for cameras. being hungover, tell us who's committing adultery. I don't care if it's true; it's not my business. <laughs> no, I know. But, but I want to hear about it. Yeah, I know. And certainly, do a pay-per-view interview with Z-Way. Absolutely. <laughs> it seems like they're both game. So they, yeah. I, that's ratings gold. Donald Trump would be so angry. I know. It would be a win for everyone. Oh, my God. I would watch the shit out of that. That's, I would. Take I my money. Take my money. I don't even know how pay-per-view operates anymore. <laughs> I don't either. Because I think only it'd people watch, like, be, like, wrestling. It'd probably, like, be on Patreon or something like that. Yeah, like I don't like. Fine. Yeah. The, yes, find me, fine. and I will find you. Like, yeah. that's, I'm willing to pay the amount of money necessary to watch yeah. that interview. Yeah. Um, and I would do it even if there was a way to do it illegally for free. Because I would just want to support that kind of journalism, oh, I know. you know? Yeah, so would I. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Also, yeah, it's like you said. He'll be at casting calls. Do all of the 
strike while the iron's hot. He's going to. Uh, I do think not that, worry about him. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Do uh, get in your drag persona. If you, do some drag brunches. I mean, do. Has anyone ever been better suited for a RuPaul's Drag Race cameo? I mean, hello. And they should have him. I. Absolutely. Right? There's I mean, nobody more camp than George yeah. Santos. It's <laughs> I know. Right. But also, it's like, common, brand. like, you know, do Hamburger Mary's. Of course. Brunch one day. Yes. I will be there. As Katara. Uh, Rivasha. Rivasha. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Do that. Get on Grant, friend of the podcast, Grant's Law, suggested The Traitors. Absolutely. I love that for him. Absolutely. Obviously, people are like, people are like, oh, he'll be on Dancing with the Stars because they have a history of, you know, of, taking of these people, Unsavory political right? figures, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sean Spicer's been on there. Wasn't Tom DeLay on there or some so, yeah. terrible person? Yeah, right. So, and uh, fine. Yeah, I'm too. happy to watch him on Dancing with the Stars, but I need him to like, he's a character that is like... It needs to be on, like, Celebrity Big Brother. Like, I yeah. need the lying, the scheming, he needs a the backstabbing. Like, he needs, like, some sort of, like, he needs a game where he can, yes. you know, really lean into his true self. And I don't think that's Dancing with the Stars. Again, no. fine. Dancing uh, with the Stars is what you go on when you don't have a personality and you want right. to sort of be on TV. Well, right. And that's also where you go if you want to rehabilitate yourself. Because you don't and have to have I a don't, personality. I don't need him to rehabilitate right. himself. And I don't even think that he thinks that he needs to. So and I don't think he can. And I, and I don't think he can. And I, yeah, I don't think he cares to. Right. No, I mean, I like. Mean, I, what I, would be the benefit? Right. Continue to be a. I almost said like a villainous character, but that's not even right, really. I mean, it's just, just yeah, just mess. That's what it is. He's a campy yeah. mess. <laughs> just is be what he mess is. and just be him. Be that. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't take it to a place where you are openly committing crimes <laughs> that you could wind up in jail for. Let's protect him from himself. <laughs> right. You know, but yeah. I yeah I feel like I also want to make sure that he ends up in some media that I watch. Yes, because I know. That's I right. Yeah. Don't want him to just do the the reality show circuit of the thing that you do when you're a boring celebrity. Because yeah. I don't watch any of those. I don't. Oh, care. sure. Like I don't watch Dancing with the Stars because it's yeah. not good dancing. <laughs> like sure. I like to watch dance shows with dancers on them because mm-hmm. I like dancing. But I yeah. I'm not trying to watch Dancing with the Stars. They don't do good dancing. Like I want him to be on a show where like it has crossover with things I consume. Sure. That's I feel like I'd happily watch him on Drag Race. Yeah. I would happily watch him in a news context that's a fun news context. Oh, sure. Like a comedic news context of some oh, sort. Yeah. Like, I'm happy to watch him in a lot of different contexts. I don't need him to just be on the sort of, like, promo circuit. Yeah, I know? agree. Yeah. Like, don't be on, like, Watch What Happens. I don't... Oh. Well, that would be good, too. Though, I mean, it'd actually. be fine. Yeah. But I feel like that's... Yeah, like sure. That can't be the only thing that you're doing yeah, I agree. George Santos. Because yeah. that already is a... That's a show for people like George Santos already. Like, there's nothing <laughs> right. notable yeah, about George mean. Santos yeah, being yeah, on yeah. that show. Yeah. Um, in any case... Speaking of things that people have done to embarrass themselves, though. Right. Speaking uh, of mess. <laughs> speaking of mess. Campy mess. People in drag. Other things. Um, oh, yeah. For sure. Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Ron DeSanctimonious himself. Mm-hmm. He debated Gavin Newsom. For reasons Why? No, no. We're not here to tell you. If no. you've come to this podcast to have us uh, have a long debate about why this existed, you're not going to get it. No. Because we don't know. We don't know. Nobody knows. And why was Sean Hannity moderating it? Why did any of the choices that got made get made? Here are some notable things that you should know, though. One is that Ron DeSantis is embarrassing. And that (laughs) became clear from any clip that you've seen from this debate. And maybe if you're in Republican America, that wasn't clear to you. I don't know what people are up to. Uh, You know, this could be a red state, blue state thing where, like, I'm not seeing what they're seeing. And I would believe that because I don't know what's going on. Um, I do know that this was a debate between someone who is currently running for president and someone who is just a guy. Right. And that 
inherently gave Gavin Newsom the moral authority that Ron DeSantis lacked. Right, Because exactly. he didn't have to answer for and, any of his choices. No, and he could say literally anything that he wanted yeah. to. You know what I mean? And, like, he basically just sort of, like, went there as, like, a surrogate for Joe Biden, which right. I don't even know that anybody even realized that that was necessarily yeah. his plan when well, he was going to get there. But, like... I mean, even just at the very beginning where he was like, the only thing that I can say for sure is that neither of us are going to be the nominee of our party right. in 2024. Like, like he, could, he could get away with, like, saying things like that because, like, he's not trying. I mean, he might be secretly trying. He he's might be, like, in the back trying. of his mind hoping that Joe Biden dies at any moment. Right. But, like, you know, for now, anyway, yeah. he's out here saying that he's not trying. Well, so, and all of those comments served the purpose of making Ron DeSantis seem silly for being there. So silly. And made him so uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't think Ron DeSantis, and this isn't surprising because he has never factored this in, because I don't think originally, before now, he knew how awkward he Seemed. I think right. that this is a. I think a this, this is learning for yeah. him potentially, um, but I don't think that he was prepared for the level of uncomfortableness that this was going to provide him. Yeah, and it clearly did because you saw it on his face every second throughout the ninety minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and there were some hilarious squabbles that also, like, there it was chaos. First mm-hmm. of all, like, first Hannity announces at the end that they're going to extend it, extend the debate, oh, yeah. because they were like, everyone's just really into it now. Yeah. And then they come back from commercial break and they're like, never mind, we're ending it, right. goodbye. And Newsom immediately tweeted after the debate, oh, I could have kept going. Yeah. Which I think was very Meant much sort of like, that, DeSantis was, that was DeSantis that was, and I don't yeah. know if that's true, but I thought it was smart of him to Oh, yeah. To put that out there. There were some yeah. disagreements over props because Newsom thought they were prohibited, prohibited, but DeSantis brought two, mm-hmm. one being a poop map of San Francisco. <laughs> that's places you can find feces in San Francisco. And one from a page from a book called Gender Queer that, cl- that he claimed was pornography. And you have to ask yourself why Republicans are always carrying pornography with them in these circumstances. Right, no. It's like Republicans are constantly prepared with examples of pornography yeah. that are on their person at oh, any right. given moment. Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene's showing them off in congressional right, hearings. exactly. She's yeah. carrying pornography with her to warn us about people like her carrying pornography. But I feel like one of the things that didn't really work, at least from the blue state perspective about this, is that Ron DeSantis kept trying to be like, San Francisco's a shithole. And and Newsom was like, okay. (laughs) So you think think San Francisco sucks? Fine. I'm not running for president. Uh, Right. Yeah, exactly. Like he could, he could say how terrible California was. And first of all, nobody knows if California is terrible or not who's watching this debate because <laughs> right, they've never these, been and they don't intend to come exactly right. so like but they will tell you if you are from California yeah. and you tell them they're from California what they will do is say oh I hear there's a lot of trouble out there in California yeah. and then you'll have to be like I don't know it seems I fine I think it's fine right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's I when I went to Chicago this summer everyone kept being like oh, as you can see oh, crime ridden no. streets everywhere oh, because dear. they were so sick of people telling them how dangerous Chicago was and I was like I you guys I'm not consuming yeah. news that Chicago is this dangerous. is a thing that I have discovered, and I think I knew it inherently, but actually I learned fairly recently from 90 Day Fiance. Because mm. there Reality is TV teaches a, us lessons. It really does. And uh, so there's a scene where this woman from like Nowheresville, Alabama, or something like that, yeah. is getting engaged to some guy from Seoul, South right. Korea. Sure. And so he comes there, and they fly into Memphis, and her parents, who seem like lovely, sort of, you know, southern parents, like, you know, innocuous enough, tell the Korean guy how dangerous Memphis is. (laughs) But they're, like, from a fucking farm. Right. And what I have learned, I think, here, is that anyone who is not from Memphis or San Francisco or Los Angeles... Any place. Think... Or Chicago. Right. 
think that those places, because they are cities. Right. They have news. That they're like the most dangerous place that you can possibly yeah. ever choose to, to yeah. be with yourself. Well, what happens is... And it's is, like, no, it's, it's just a city. <laughs> what happens is, if you're from a place where there's only like 17 people, so there's not much news potential. Yeah. When you hear news from a city and you're like, 18 people oh were murdered in the last God. month. And it's like, out of millions. <laughs> right. But like... You know, and, and the murder rate is probably higher in your small town, if we're being honest. It's just that oh, there's yeah. not that many people. There's nobody there, right. But so you hear yeah, the, two like, people got murdered there right. out of the 17. Because every night on the news here, it's like 17 crazy stories about a house fire and a guy who robbed a guy and a guy who got held up and whatever. Yeah. Like, I can see how if you didn't understand the difference in scale, yeah, right. you might be like, it's on every street corner. Yeah. But if you talk to someone from that place and they're just regular people doing regular stuff, as yeah. everyone is, then those people will be like, well, I didn't. I, I didn't know this 18 murder victims <laughs> right. because yeah. there were millions of people here. Yeah. And those 18 murders took place farther from my house than the three next towns over. So, like, right. you if you <clears throat> if you want to account for, like, that's I think about this a lot with my parents in the small town that they're living in where, like, there was, like, a murder-suicide in that town where everyone knew the victims. And, like, nobody talks Horrifying. about that town being too dangerous. Right. Whereas in New York City, it's like a bunch of strangers got theoretically murdered, according to the news, <laughs> over the course of months or years. And yeah. everyone's like, it's too dangerous to be there. Yeah. Anything could happen. Mm -hmm. It's like anything could happen anywhere. But yeah. there's, like, a little bit of a, a bias, of like, a statistical bias. Yeah, I agree. That people have a hard time mm -hmm. with. And pe this is what Republicans bank on. Is totally. that you will be, like, see the, the news. Oh, God. But, like, the California. other thing that Ron DeSantis is not banking on, because... Florida doesn't have any cities the size of the kind of Bay Area mega right. city or the San Francisco. But they still have the, high murder rates. But they have fucking crime on every street corner there. Right. Like, yeah, they don't have a city as big as the LA, San Diego mega city metropolis, which right. is basically one big mega city with millions of people. Yeah. You know, there's what? There's 10. Tens of. Right. 10 yeah. million people in the LA, just in LA County alone. Mm -hmm. San Diego is one of the, I think, top five biggest cities in America. Like, we, Los Angeles and San Diego as a big city is millions upon millions of people. The Bay Area itself is smaller than the LA San Diego region, but yeah, it's certainly sure. millions upon large. millions of people. Yeah. It's large. It's a lot of big cities together. F Florida doesn't have it has they Miami. Yeah. And then a bunch of lame cities like Orlando and like well, Jacksonville or whatever that are like yeah. fine. But fine. like they're but people killing each other the all over city. the place in those exactly. places. Probably so, like, because they're living in Jacksonville. Gross. Exactly. <laughs> so like the idea that Ron DeSantis is lording over some wonderful, flourishing oh, like, state crime and like free, right, happy place. And like Gavin Newsom, who's not running for anything, so he has nothing to defend here. He can be right. like, okay, well, you think California's terrible? Okay, don't come. I, what do I? <laughs> right. No. He did um, do a jab at uh, DeSantis where he was like, well, I'm the only governor of a border state here. When they were talking oh, about immigration, yeah. and I was like, now that's a good one. Love line. that. Love that one. That is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been waiting for California to weigh in more on this conversation because people yeah. keep going on about the dangers in border states. And right, I'm like, sure. are you seeing evidence of it? We live in a border right, state. Right, I was going to say, yeah. Are you yourself seeing evidence of this? Anyone who in California has ever mentioned this to me is someone who themselves had not thought about the fact that they were in a border Living state Living in currently. a border state, right. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that was a good line. Yeah. But yeah, I... The fact that Ron DeSantis brought a poop map is, I think, well, indicative I of him. the level of yeah. in intellect that he was bringing to this debate. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, man. And but yet he still thinks he's going to win Iowa. I, kn I know. Not with that face. Not? <laughs> not that debate face. Not with I that mean. debate face. Right? I um, feel like he'd kind of gotten it under control for the GOP debate. And I think yeah. that sort of just like goes back to kind of what I was saying was where he just like wasn't really prepared for this, because I think he he knew what all of them were going to yes. say to at least some degree, right? But like the 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 newsome of it all, I think was just very disorienting. very disorienting to him. But yeah, let's move on and talk about Iowa. Yeah, 
He uh, announced on Meet the Press this morning, Sunday morning, that mm -hmm. uh, he's going to win Iowa. Sure. So I think it's going to help propel us to the nomination. Well, it would. First of all. Well, <laughs> in, in, have, the, in this alternate reality where have, you have won Iowa, it would help propel you to the nomination. Two to pick apart there, actually. Well, it doesn't always. Right. <laughs> it's like, Sorry. A, he's not going to win Iowa, so don't worry about this <laughs> right. conversation at all. But B, the list of people who've won Iowa who did not propel themselves to the right. nomination off that win is... a list is, of people... Who were not did not become the president is the list of everyone who's ever won Iowa. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the Republican nomination in Iowa is borderline meaningless. Right? Do you remember the um, Rick Santorum presidential? Uh, right. Or the, Mike, the or Scott Mike Huck, Huckabee, or, or yeah, whoever the yeah. Scott Walker. I, These people don't become president. No, like this is not <laughs> doesn't propel them to anything. How you become propelled? So, <laughs> no. I so this is like a two wrong statements right. that he made yeah. on Meet this Press this morning. Uh, yeah. He's also down by like thirty points still yeah, to course. Donald Trump. So it yeah. was also a foolish thing to say. And also he's like tied with Nikki Haley. Yeah. So not only is he not he's not even the front runner of the second place. <laughs> no. He's just like in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> he's a guy in the mix. Um, and it's not helping that his staff is all quitting, too. Woof. He has basically had his campaign run by a super PAC that he can't coordinate with, which I don't, that probably isn't the most effective way to run a campaign. That no. might be why things are falling apart. Also, I don't know. they're coordinating with him. I mean, that's, the, that's obviously. the other thing that's going on. It's like, but I mean, yeah. yeah. But the Never Back Down PAC is the PAC that has been basically running his campaign. Yeah. And they lost three senior members, like, this week. Woof. And it's basically a pack that's been run by a consulting firm where it seems like the consulting firm might be no longer interested. And I think people are jumping ship in part because they are like seeing that Haley is more likely to be the kind of non-Trump non -Trump person. Right. person. Well, because DeSantis was always the, the Trump person. DeSantis yes. got into this race and people, uh, he was always there if Trump didn't run, if Trump goes to prison, if... Right. So every for whatever reason, people decided that they were going to sour on Trump because he couldn't win, and he's kind of himself been leaning into that. Like, I don't think Trump can win. That's been his one right. of his sort of newer talking points, which I think is maybe a good one. I That's don't know if his it'll only work good or not. One, I but, think. Right. But like, you know, uh, the fact that Trump is obviously the the winner of this race, like, it, there's there's nothing for there's no reason for him to exist. No, no, there's not. He's. He's just like a secondary idiot. Right. He's a right. Yeah. It's like I don't. There's not even like a good technical a term for what he is. Less somehow less likable Trump. Right. Which is <laughs> woof. I, that, uh, I know. <laughs> that's what. Yeah. Um. I Trump posted on Truth uh, the Ronda Sanctimonious campaign. People are dropping like flies. <laughs> which I feel like sort of sums up what's going on. I don't. Yeah. Sometimes Trump cuts to the quick of it all. Yeah. Well, and if that considering that that pack is the one who has been running his campaign. And all of those people are leaving. I'm assuming, obviously, that's who's been on the air in all of these places, yeah. too. I mean, if the and, and I think we've talked on this, but we don't have anything here, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we've talked on the podcast about people like the big funders of his campaign talking about leaving. Yeah. I don't know if they have necessarily yet, but we, we got word that the Coats are going with Nikki Haley this week. And I'm sure he was making a play for them. I don't know why he would have been because they hate Trump. Over right. There. Uh, um, yeah. And didn't support him even in the general in 2020. Right. Um, so. I'm not surprised they didn't go with him, but like that's a huge boon for Haley. So much so that I'm wondering if potentially that led to some of these uh, departures. Well, that's at his I, yeah, I wonder. Pack because where's the money going? It's going <coughs> because, to Nikki Haley, right? I was going to say where are you going to make your money as a pack person? Right, because we all know the Cokes have you know essentially unlimited money, and they're not afraid to tell you that they have unlimited money, and that has been sort of her problem she's got this boost in the polls but like it hasn't necessarily 
translated to like huge grassroots donors. She doesn't have a lot of staff in early states. I mean, she has offices and stuff like that. But just in terms of like even in Iowa where you literally need people to like drive people to the fucking caucus, you know what I mean? Like, so the fact that she now has like a lot of money to play with and she's been doing this sort of like not necessarily on a shoestring budget, but like, you know, she certainly has had less money than Ron DeSantis has. Yeah. And she's already sort of tied with him just because people like her better. <laughs> right. Like, well, and like DeSantis has also been putting a lot of time and money into Iowa. So if he can't pull, like he's visited all 99 counties. Right. Like I, that is yeah. boring and a thing he did. Right. 92 with 92 with pack. Never Back Down. Exactly. Right. But I mean, like he's been putting a lot of time into building a support base in Iowa. So if he can't figure out how to make that state work for him, and that's a state with like, 99 counties, but only, like, seven people per <laughs> right, county, exactly. then, like, that's a and he's problem. Got, right, and he's still down by 30 points. He's got the the, the endorsement of the, you know, relatively popular governor. But, uh, last week, we talked about Bob Vanderplatz is trying to move all the evangelicals in his direction. Yeah. Like, with like, all that support, I was going to say, break... if he can't make this happen, I mean, uh, no wonder he is saying that he's going to win Iowa, because I think he knows that he has to. Yeah. Also... This is wild that Donald Trump is still casting this big of a shadow with all of these political players right. going for idiots right? like Ron DeSantis. Like, this, and what is he? What is this, Trump even doing out here? They have lost these their days. control of everything. Oh, for sure. Like, at, at at the point that Kim Reynolds and Bob Vanderplatz don't mean anything to the Iowa caucus. Oh, like, yeah. go retire and jump in a well. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Like you have you you have nothing now. Yeah. The 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 voters are now without you. Yeah. You know they're making choices out there. Yeah. They're being wild. Oh, yeah. boy. So that's uh, pretty exciting, I guess. Um, there's also some fuckery going on in Florida with the DNC. Surprise. Surprise. A classic R- place to do fuckery. Uh, they're just canceled their primary, essentially. You can't cancel your primary. I don't care if you want a certain outcome. That's not your business. The idea of the primary yeah. is that voters tell you what your business is. You don't tell them yeah. what their business is. The state is. party submitted only President Biden's name for nomination like other people lame as they are are running for president right and that is the thing i mean listen i hate having to come in on the side of dean phillips of and course. chenk uger and whoever else is running right. for marianne williamson i hate well, that you, less just because right. i sort of yeah. she has a special place in there. <laughs> <laughs> um but like don't make me do that don't and, and make any of us and i just don't understand like the thing that is so annoying about this is that Joe Biden is obviously going to win the primary in Florida. Yes, do not so worry it's like, about and, this. And and I it just disenfranchises enough people that it doesn't seem like it would be worth it doesn't seem like well, it would be worth it, right? Like Mar- we've talked about yes. this whether you like it or not. Marianne Williamson is polling at like anywhere between like 10 and 15%, right? right? Dean Phillips less so and Shank Uger who like is right. he actually running for president? Nobody he knows, claims yeah. he is, but nobody knows. But those are actual people who are supporting those people. And I think, at least in, in Marianne's terms, some of those people already know that the DNC is up to fuckeration because I think there are probably some Sanders cast-offs. Yeah, of course. But, like, those people are now mad and but, are probably debating whether Florida, a former swing state, right. I don't know if we can still call right. it as such anymore, are probably really thinking about whether they're going to vote for Joe Biden exactly. in the general, and then the DNC is going to come along and lecture them that they didn't, and they're going to wonder why. The DNC this is, God, if only we knew why Joe Biden had 10% less votes of right? the Democratic share than the, 
Well, you canceled your fucking primary and you disenfranchised what probably, at least in the size of Florida, amounts to probably millions of people that are supporting Marianne Williamson. It's so short-sighted. Because the reason you hold the primary when there's a clear outcome to the primary is to give everyone an investment in the final winner. Right. It's not about the primary. Don't worry about the primary. Right. Joe Biden's going to win the Florida primary. You're not going to have to do anything. It's going to be fine. No. We we already know. We already canceled the debates, which again is, I would contend, anti-democratic. But like, there's there's no danger of anything happening in Florida other than Joe Biden getting probably 85% of the vote in the Florida primary. But there's a real danger of a state that could be a swing state if people weren't such fucking idiots at the DNC there not having the vote turnout that they need to make Joe Biden a competitor in the general where it matters. Yeah. The, the primary doesn't matter. No. You already know the outcome. Right. Don't worry about it. I know. But like the general matters. And if they if they don't understand that these kinds of actions have consequences because people don't like to feel disenfranchised, people don't show up for them when they feel disenfranchised, then like where have they been for all of history? I know. This is it's a crazy. state where they claim that Ralph Nader voters destroyed America. <laughs> right. I know. And they're out here being like, but let's make sure no one shows up this time either. Yeah, like, I know. Get, out of here. I know. Well, and also it's just sort of like, it's so crazy because the Democrats, and again, we've talked about this, the Democrats are always out here doing like, you know, democracy is on the ballot, mm-hmm. right? I saw a really funny tweet that was just said um, Florida primary ballot and then just said Joe Biden on it. And the tweet was democracy is once again on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like that's the, that's yeah. the, th- that that's literally what they're right. it makes doing it hard here. to use that line. It makes it hard <laughs> to use that line when they're out here doing things like this, when they're suing to get other parties off of ballots and whatever other shenanigans they're up to. It's just sort of like, why are you doing this? Why are and, you doing this? And I, but I, I will say if anything good has come from this, it's the Dean Phillips of it all. Yes. Because, you know, roll your eyes at us because we're about to rehash the Sanders, you we're know, not above it, 2016. We're you, not above it. You're not listening right? to this podcast thinking we're not about to be above that. <laughs> no. I mean, a federal judge, actually, I think in Florida, because the lawsuit was against Debbie Wasserman Schultz, you know, basically said that the plaintiffs were right, that the DNC in 2016 did have a palpable bias in favor of Clinton and sought to propel her ahead of her Democratic opponent. That's what the judge in that case yeah. said, that class action suit with the, the Sanders supporters. Right. They dismissed it because they didn't have standing. But regardless... You know, I think this is everybody always gets any moderate you talk to whenever you talk about a rigged primary starts calling you a conspiracy theorist. They start calling you a nutbag. They roll your eyes at you. They don't want to engage. But Dean Phillips is now living this problem. That's right. And realized it. That's right. So I'm very happy that a staunch moderate who, you know, has a lot of enemies on the left, probably Sanders himself, tweeted recently I had long dismissed his complaints about the rigged Democratic primary system, but you know what? He was right. Yeah. Dean Phillips. Dean Phillips. Claiming Bernie Sanders right about rigged primaries. I mean, we're living in wild times. I'll fucking take it. Yes. (laughs) I mean, if it takes an idiot like Dean Phillips to get a bunch of people who don't want to see what's been going on to admit that... that, Because this is like... It's very frustrating because it diminishes investment in this process yeah. in a way that harms all of their outcomes. Yeah. It's not just about the presidential race because there are going to be seats that they want to win in Congress in Florida. There are going to be state houses they want to win all over America. There are going to be other things that like having an engaged Democratic base that feels like they've participated in a process of some sort help engender. Right. And the idea that they don't owe that to us 
and that they are because we all know they're going to lecture us later. That's oh, a for given. Sure. Right. Like the idea that this is like something that they don't have to concern themselves with when it's their own people they're fucking over in the end because it is going to be a less well-funded, you know, frontline member of Congress who loses their seat over this kinds of actions more than it's going to be Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, and maybe Joe Biden loses the presidency over it. But like, also, it has trickle-down impacts that matter. And the idea that they can't sort of like see that, these are professional politicians. Right, I know. Like, what's happening? I know. Be That's a professional. Crazy. Be a professional. Be a professional. Be serious. <laughs> Be serious. I know. Oh, God, it's so silly. And we talk all the time on this podcast about, like, how, you know, having primaries also makes everybody in the primary better, too, yes. I would contend. I would contend that the yes. debates would make... What could better prepare Joe Biden for debating an insane Donald Trump than debating an insane Marianne exactly. Williams. <laughs> it's such an important point. And I feel like even... Bless her heart. <laughs> I mean, even an RFK in that debate would have made... Would have helped us all. Right? First of all, Americans would learn that his voice is weird. That he's... Right. And that he's too nutty to... He wouldn't he be getting... crazy things. I guarantee you, if the DNC had had a couple debates with him, he would not be polling at 20% as an independent right now. Of course not. Because anytime you hear him speak, you're like, what is this guy saying? They could have cut that off. Right away. And we said that on the podcast. Yes. We were like, get the man on television. Yes. Remember when he was He's complaining about CNN? He's a very concerned televised Remember presence. CNN was, com- or he was complaining about how he wasn't getting a, yeah. you know, a town hall meeting. One. And I was like, if I'm the Biden campaign. Put him everywhere. Get him a town hall. Get him a town hall. Have it ex- an extended him. town hall. Yes. <laughs> and a, a debate where you can stand next to him and then he's com- compared to you. Right. I mean, use your heads. End him. End him. <laughs> They're not using their heads. No, they're not using their heads. That's the thing. They lost them. Oh, boy. I'll tell you who else isn't using their heads. Oh, my God. Anyone involved with climate right now. Outrage. Why are climate summits being held in Dubai? That's a great question. That's oil Why country. is the president of that? Yeah, it's the UN Climate Summit. Right. COP28. Uh, the president, Sultan al-Jaber, or Jabber, Jabbar, I don't know. Right? Jabbar, oh, Jabbar. I think Sultan al-Jabbar, isn't it? Let's go with that. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. He... During the summit, has claimed that there's no science indicating that a phase out of fossil fuels is needed to restrict global heating to 1.5 uh, well, centigrade. Well, he would say that. Yeah. Well, he would. Yeah. The entire wealth of the region is relying on fossil fuels. A hundred percent, which is why you would uh, he also, hold this he, summit elsewhere. Right. He said that's not. Um, it wouldn't allow sustainable development unless you want to take the world back into caves. One thing that I think is so funny about this comment is that Dubai, like Southern California, is like super sunny. So like. <laughs> The one place that I feel, the, the one area of the world where I feel like you can believe in a future where we don't need fossil fuels is a place where the sun is always shining and therefore solar is like a real option. <laughs> oh, right. I know. Because like I get why people in London might be like, can we really survive on solar? It's like never fucking yeah. sunny. Like Seattle is not a place where you might feel optimistic about the future of solar. Right. But like, I think in Dubai you probably could. Yeah. It seems like Certainly you could. Certainly in LA I'm always yeah. like, I don't know why we're not all on solar. Right. So that's what we're working with yeah. here at this climate summit. And there were, of course, a bunch of grand speeches. Kamala well, Harris was there. I think Hillary Clinton was on some sort of panel, why? which is like, what is she? I mean, like, she's not, was never trying it's to not do that. That's some great climate scientist. No. And they made a, some major announcements with two main planks. Wonderful. Plank number one was a pledge by oil and gas companies to reduce their emissions. Hmm. Uh, two was a commitment by 118 com- countries to triple the world's renewable, renewable energy capacity and double energy savings efforts. Now, you're probably wondering where part three is, where we say that we're going to stop producing oil and gas. And that plank 
doesn't exist. Right. You'd be right to wonder. You're going to wonder forever. Yeah. It's permanent wondering. Yeah. And by the way, this conference was happening this week when we got the news that the United States is poised to extract more oil and gas than ever before in 2023. What timing? Which shouldn't be surprising because like the data from the Bureau of Land Management shows that Biden has approved more oil and gas drilling permits in his first two years in office than President Trump did. Yeah. So. So. USA. USA. And, and also, the U.S. government apparently expects this frenzy of oil and gas activity to continue at new record levels up right up to 2050, which 2050? is the point. Right, which is the point when climate scientists say that planet heating emissions must be eliminated to avoid catastrophic climate breakdown. Good lord, everybody! So there were a lot of climate scientists who were watching this. A lot of them used the word greenwashing. Um, uh, one of them said specifically, it's particularly alarming to see the projections of record U.S. oil and gas production year after year until 2050. Uh, that was the senior scientist at the Stockholm Environment Institute, which is one of the main players that sort of like is often helps produce um, the UN reports, you know, about climate. This is <sighs> embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> and I feel like I am I'm sort of getting to the point where. I am almost just, and I hate to say this, and maybe this is just sort of like a dark thought that I should push back. <laughs> but like, should we, we are, have blown past every single thing that they right. claim that we need to do with oil and gas, and we're continuing to do it. Yeah. Like some countries that are still developing have doubled what they had claimed that they were going to have done by now when we started, you know, whether it was the Paris Accord or whatever other, right. you know, whatever UN charters or whatever yeah. things that we have said. Should we just abandon trying to do climate? <laughs> I feel like, here's what I think. I feel like we, these people are going to die. I guess. I don't think this is the feeling of people, I, it's just, it's going to be slow. It's going to be too slow and shit's going to yeah. happen, it's going to be terrible. I don't think we should abandon it because I feel like being a nagging voice is what it takes to like yeah. urge these people out. But I think the expectation that like reason is enough to convince a bunch of rich, greedy assholes that they yeah. should like take an action that's responsible is not going to be enough ever. And that yeah. that's not really how progress gets made anyway. I progress guess. gets made when it has to get made. It gets made also but like when, it, when... But when we see it has to get... But this is a specific like, issue where when you see that of, it has to get made, it's too late to make it. Of course. But part of the messaging of getting it or part of part of the messaging of making it get made is to have yeah. the messaging of it has to get made that we all are then like no one's listening to our messaging right. like that's part of the process on something like this i yeah. i don't think people aren't doing the right thing here but i don't think yeah. that it's worth giving up hope on any of it yeah. because i feel like there's a generation coming up where this is like a very real threat to their survival it's gonna die they're, they're gonna climate they're gonna <laughs> die from these climate th right and because of that, I think they aren't going to have the luxury to talk about it in theoretical terms like a lot of these yeah. old rich people are doing it. Sure. And like that's going to have to change the balance of how the conversation goes. And also technology is going to start making it possible for us to just use less fossil fuels if we choose to invest in those technologies. Sure. And those technologies are going to exist. Sure. Like we have the start of those technologies. There's a reason that you can make power out of solar. There's a reason that you can't, like there's reasons you can do these things. No, I, I get it. There's a reason that yeah. people buy Teslas even though Elon Musk is terrible. Sure. Because they don't want to be using gas cars. Like, right. I think the, the sort of, the pressure, the feeling like it's not working out is part yeah. of what propels the conversation forward. So it's not worth abandoning the pressure. You just have to release yourself from the feeling that things are going to work in an appropriate timetable that would be responsible. Right. 
I guess I'm just sort of like at the point where I'm kind of like, it seems like the climate scientists are telling us that like what we should be doing is putting corks in oil wells. Right. Right. Like the the answer to this problem is to to like literally nationalize, you know, this and like literally stop doing it. And that'll be hard for a while. You won't be able to drive your car. But like that's like where we're sort of like at. And so I'm also just sort of and I'm not saying like don't do anything. I'm just sort of like if the idea is that like it's already too far gone, should we be putting our energies into like health mitigation. Yes. Should we be right. focusing? And I understand that like, you know, uh, uh, universal health care, I think was always part of the Green New Deal also. Like, yeah. you know, that's a sort of like wide ranging, you know, yeah. bill that was put together. But like, you know, I mean, because that was the other thing too, and I didn't pull anything from it, but like they were, there There was a few panels at this summit, like talking about like the, you know, what was going to happen to everyone's health, not just yes. from like not being able to breathe the air, but also just sort of like, you know, there were cases of dengue fever in California this well, year. And also, it was just because the mosquitoes like are now like able to sort of like because the climate. how you so, convince like, rich people that this is important. Well, I guess them. so. Right. That's going to make you know, them. Say, I, yeah, I, suppose. I think that there's I. So I'm just I like, what like, if we just like, I'm, can, can we just make our life better until we die? Right, until we die. <laughs> I'm always hesitant. I'm close to, to being there. Um, To buy into like either or scenarios with something like this because it's like some mitigation of oil and gas provides some benefit to everyone. So like it's never a situation where it's like just because we don't have we're not actually mitigating a thing that it's not worth pursuing some mitigations. Like I feel this way about COVID where I'm like okay everyone stop wearing a mask and that's terrible. I still wear a mask because some mitigation of COVID is better than none. In my opinion the more people masking the better and I am a person so I can take an action that somewhat mitigates my risk and mitigates the risk of everyone around me. I think you can approach climate in the same way where it's like A, we should be pursuing all paths to mitigation. So like I think the health argument I've always thought was very strong because it's very expensive to have a bunch of crises derail everyone. If I've learned anything as an advocate for a, you know, a (laughs) natural, I mean an an unnatural man-made disaster, it's that it's very expensive to fix that. And it costs the government you know, billions of dollars to fix something like that. And so that becomes its own kind of financial, you know, a financial cost that at some point has to overwhelm the needs of like a few rich people who just like love making so much money. (laughs) Right. So like there's that piece of it. But I also think like it's it's worth continuing to try your best to like knowing that we there's billions of people out there. So like we have a lot of people can do a lot of stuff. (laughs) Sure. Like it's worth trying to mitigate on every level because every bit of mitigation helps a little bit, even if it's not as much mitigation as you'd want. And it's easy to start feeling like we should stop doing X, Y, Z and only do X, Y, and Z. And that's not, the government's too complicated for that plan to work either. Right. Like the system is too complicated for that plan to work either. So it's okay to have some people being like mitigation of, you know, stop, stop drilling oil and gas. And maybe fewer wells will be, you know, struck at some point and maybe that will sort of put pressure on the system that allows some of that mitigation to help and also there's got to be people that are like here are the side effects of being of of this on the rest of us in other ways you know here's here's here are the health issues that will cause here are the sort of natural disasters that will cause like all of these other things that crop up like we also have to be connecting to that issue and all of those we should presume that any mitigation is good sure even if it's shitty mitigation it's not what we wanted right and that's, I just feel like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you at all. Yeah. I it just, I, my brain is getting to the point where I'm just sort of like, you know, what that, you yeah, know, the, you're like, infla- what the, fuck, man? the Inflation Reduction Act, right? Like that was like a supposed climate bill. And like, you know, it's like, right. what, by the year 3000, we're going to have like 12 more electric cars or something like that. Right. I, I mean, like, I'm obviously it was like more than that, but like no, only no, no, but barely. I mean, I'm just sort of like, what if $600 billion was just like, can I just have a pony? Right. <laughs> can I have fun until we all die? You know, like, I mean, it's, we're, it's burning now, like yeah. actively. So but like, also, what these are all things like 
all of the things that they could invest in that would help mitigate this are things that would also make our lives better. Well, you're right. It's like yeah. healthcare would make our lives better. That's why they're not doing it. That's why they're not doing it. <laughs> right. Like, you know, a cleaner environment they like us struggling. can be enjoyed by all. <laughs> right. Everyone has more time to frolic when there's a cleaner environment yeah, and more fun true. frolicking when they do. Yeah. Like, we don't need more televisions. We have so many of them. But we mm-hmm. do need more frolicking time. Like, these are all things that can be built into a climate. But that's what I think the Green New Deal is smart about, is connecting environmental benefits to benefits that would actually like improve people's lives yeah and i feel like that's what but like we just have to keep saying it so that the so that we get some of it you know sure and, like we're not gonna get all of it because people are terrible right we're not, yeah but like you know we just try our best you can sure. always try your best you just keep trying until it doesn't work <laughs> right and i feel like the language of you know connecting the climate crisis to oil and gas drilling ultimately over time makes it harder to hide to to sort of hide that you're doing it so like i can guarantee there have been past presidencies where we didn't talk about how great the oil and gas drilling we were doing was in the way that we've been really monitoring joe biden's leases and like so i didn't know how many leases other presidents were signing for this kind of thing like i I think the information is the first step the second step is then we're like okay now we know this let's not have a president who does this anymore right and the third step is to wait for these old people to die i know well, yeah, I know. Because he's going to go out there in the general election. He's going to brag about that. Of course. Obviously. Be- and he's bragging about it for the benefit of other old people. It's all, yeah. it's for, the whole thing is for old people. No young person wants to hear this. <laughs> right. I know. So it's like all of this is yeah. on borrowed time. <sighs> yes. Joni Ernst was almost on borrowed time. Too true. And as, things are real bad when Rand Paul has to save your life. <laughs> I know he's a doctor, but like, first of all, why are there so many ophthalmologists in Congress? I know. There's and two by, yeah, there's two. Right, I know. Which That's is, more than you would think. Yeah, I know. I don't know any ophthalmologists. I know. And the, I need them to, I mean, listen, I get that they're doctors, so I don't want to demean that. But like, so anyway, so we'll tell you what's, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to backtrack. Yeah, right. We're right, going right. to backtrack. There was this. There was a choking incident. There was a choking incident uh, at some luncheon that Joni Ernst was hosting I'm sure it was hosted by, yes, they were eating some meat from a state cattlemen's association. So it was something like that. There was a photo of the food. It looked better than the Thanksgiving photos that we talked about last week. Only marginally. There was some corn and there was coleslaw. But then there was also like some sort of chop-like situation that looked like it had at least vaguely been prepared. Like maybe you would want to eat a piece of meat, which is more that we could say for any of the turkeys that we saw last week. So, but anyway, she started choking and Rand Paul, ophthalmologist, (laughs) I, Dr. Rand Paul, came to the rescue. That's right. And gave her the Heimlich maneuver. I mean, I guess who better to have by your side in a time like this than a chaotic ophthalmologist. I know. She, in response to this, after, you know, she had a moment to recover, tweeted and she said, can't help but choke on the woke policies Dems are forcing down our throats. Well, at least you got a zinger in there. God. So awful. But yeah, the other ophthalmologist, who is from Iowa, rep- uh, Representative um, Marionette Miller-Meeks, uh, expressed her gratitude. She said, thank God we have doctors in Congress. <laughs> That's where I was going when I yeah. was just sort of like, you know, these ophthalmologists need to settle down. Settle right? all the way down. I, I mean, he gave her the Heimlich maneuver, which I would assume most of the other people that were non-doctors in the room probably could have accomplished. Yes. That is something that they train you. I think even in restaurants, they train you. To, AOC might have been able to give her the Heimlich. Totally. Like, yeah, but you know, glad everyone's okay. <sighs> I'm glad Rand Paul acted quickly in his was able to remember his training as a ophthalmologist. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Rushed to Tony Ernst's rescue. Yeah. I'm sure they had a whole 
section on the Heimlich maneuver. And, One yeah. thing that I have been thinking about a little bit in response to all of this, uh, though, is yeah. was the meat at this event overcooked? And the answer is yes. Oh, did you see the... I saw the photo, the photo, but I also just know in my heart. No, I mean, I think it probably it was, prepa- was. It wasn't, yes. There's no way that the members of Congress were at a luncheon and the meat was, it's like going to a luncheon for like Oh, yeah, it's teachers. not like, well, right, and they if were also like not. you luncheon, probably. That, yeah, and they were also not, it's not like they were, they were just like in some, it, it was in a warmer somewhere, right. you know what I mean? It was yes. like, it was not. That was um, not. And, and I can't tell what kind of. Because it said Cattlemen's Association, but then the photo says that they were eating a chop. So right. I'm like, is that a pork chop? Is it right. a what kind of chop? But I mean, at least look. A remember last week when I was talking about brown food being yes. delicious food, and, and I busted out the Maillard reaction, right. much to everyone's surprise, including my own, that I knew what that was. <laughs> there's there's Maillard reaction on this right. piece on of this, yeah. meat. Yes, <laughs> it was yeah. appropriately seared. It was now appropriately we seared. can't see the inside, so I think you're probably but we know in our hearts what the inside was. Right. It probably you're probably right that it's overcooked. Yeah. I'm but it at least got good color on it. You don't choke There's a crust. on undercooked meat. You choke on overcooked <laughs> well, that's meat. that's true. You know? Yeah. So that's... Yeah, I, you, I'm you using two clues. You choke on a hockey puck. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm using two clues here. It's yeah. not just one clue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the story of Congress. Oh, there's a week. bun in her picture, too. Oh, no, did she choke on bread? There's a picture of a plate, which looks like it's Grassley's, because he has a chop on his plate. They're both presenting their food to camera. And she... Here, I'm just going to turn my computer around. You're going to have around. to. I now and I need she, to know what picture we're looking at. And she's got a, a bun of some sort. See? Oh, They're eating yeah. two different things. Yes. She was eating a sandwich of some sort. Yeah. Chuck mm-hmm. Grassley here with a chop. Yeah. And, and this is his tweet. Chop. Because of course it is. Right. Yum. An Iowa chop from Senator mm-hmm. Ernst and the Iowa Cattlemen's Association for lunch. Yep. But it's got to be a pork chop then, right? It's Iowa. It, it seems like. But they were calling it the, they were just calling the, it the Cattlemen's, Cattlemen's Association. Or pork. I mean, do they. Or pigs cattle? See, I just don't. I mean, maybe. Are they considered that? That just makes me think of cows. You're the but like, I was going to say, know. I should know. You're the only one here who could possibly know the answer to this. Yeah. But you can have a beef chop. Although remember when I saved a coffee shop from the, a dilemma because I um, explained to them that their milk had not been properly homogenized and had not gone bad. No. What I, was this? What I became a brief dairy hero Oh. because I was at a coffee shop in LA. Uh-huh. Oh, well, you're from dairy stock. I'm from dairy stock. <laughs> the barista was from Wisconsin, which I oh, felt should have given her known. some indication right? of what was going on. Yeah, She keeps opening milk cartons and there's chunks in them. And she was like, this is crazy. We just got this milk. The whole case that we, you know, the whole pallet oh, of milk yeah. that we got has these chunks. And I was like, let me smell it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. And I smelled <laughs> it and I was like, this milk smells fine. Yeah. So I tasted it and I was like, these chunks are cream. And what you have here is milk that hasn't been homogenized properly. Oh. And she was like, oh. Mm. And I was like, I hope you know how embarrassing this was for you because <laughs> I grew up in lower Manhattan. So I right. think you just need to sit with yourself a little bit and wonder yeah. why someone from lower Manhattan just had to explain milk to you. Right. Milk processing to you. Yeah. But I did because I come from dairy stock. That's so right. I know about dairy farming. Well, there you, know? you go. Um, in any case, that's the news this week. <laughs> sure. Ending on dairy. As <laughs> you know, you'll be hearing from us um, as we – as. As I hope we learn more about George Santos's future plans. I know. And also, you'll hear it here first. You'll hear it here. In the moment that you hear it, we'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. We'll be on it. Um, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.